Hey guys, welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And on this episode, we have a writer, educator, and all-around genre geek, Lauren Malachi. How's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. And also, uh, and, and also, this is uh, this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. And uh, so, yeah, Lauren, we like, haven't you... figured that out. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> every single time. It's like, yeah, we, we make it up every time. So, Lauren, usually the thing that we like to ask our guests is, how did you get into horror? Like, what's your background with horror? Um, I have a whole long, like, think piece on the internet somewhere about, like, how I first got into horror, but it was kind of the final... I mean, I've always, like, creepy shit, um, and I grew up on the Addams Family in the Twilight Zone, but I think it was the first time I actually watched... Uh, I discovered, like, on Late Night TV, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that, that was my gateway into everything. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. I think I was 15. Yeah. It's the right age, I think. It's a good age for Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> so, what did you do when you peaked? You watched the best horror movie ever made. Uh, has it just been a? What's it like uh, traveling down this uh, downward spiral? Because all movies pale in comparison to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I think after that. I was, I was looking for movies that were similar, and not, nothing compares. All of the sequels are, like, fucking terrible. Um, I, I just can't do it. And the remake is so bad. I saw the early Army one in the theater, and I regretted that choice almost immediately. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of the early Ermy show, wasn't it? Like it was yeah, like, listen, I know you're into, <laughs> I know you should be into the Sawyers, but really, you should care about the guy from Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I actually, I have, oh, so I'm sorry, let me cut you off. I was gonna say I have, like, oh, no, a, go I have a, like a list. I, I, I think I have a list somewhere of all of the movies that I watched right after that I fell into right after. But I all I know is right before Texas Chainsaw, I'd watched like The Descent and Eden Lake where like they're they're everyone just like dies and it's like the worst thing ever oh, yeah. um and that those two movies actually made me not want to watch her um at all for whatever reason because i at the time like i was kind of looking i was trying to find myself in the movies and so when i discovered sally like that was that was it and my final girl obsession like kicked in can yeah. i make a stab at why you didn't like the descent uh, because I didn't know, I, I, apparently there's two versions of the movie or something where like it's mm -hmm. implied, where like she, you, you were aware that she lives, but I didn't think she did when I watched it and I was pissed off. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that movie is trash, but I know no. I'm a minority. <laughs> oh, and I'm melting down over here. No, no. The I, I really logic don't. of cave creatures that, okay, I'm a cave creature. I have super heightened cave senses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to walk on your fucking face and not know I'm standing on a human girl face. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. The logistics. And I hate that the CGI was bad. I thought they looked stupid. Um, like, I, I mean, I, you know, I love make, I give a lot of credit to makeup artists, but why did they look like that? It's just bad design. Yeah, I just, oh, like, none of it made sense. Uh, I, I really like the descent. Um, I, th I think for me, the descent, it, it's like, I, I thought they did claustrophobia really well and, like, pacing really well. Um, apparently the original ending, um, like, the, the actual ending is that, um, she, you think she's got, wait, I, the version I saw, because apparently there are two two versions of it, like, a Love Conquers All ending and a bad ending, and the one that I'm familiar with is that, like, she hallucinates that she's gotten out of the cave and gotten into a car and driven down the road when yes. really on the road. Yes. Really, yeah. 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 And then she's just in a cave with a lamp next to her head that she thinks is the sun because her eyes are closed, and then the creatures are closing in, and she's probably dead. Yeah, I hate, I hated that so much. I remember, I remember being mm -hmm. really upset. For whatever reason i haven't watched it since but yeah i think especially with a movie like the descent that you've been it's been like fucking harrowing only for it for only for that to happen it's it reminds me of like uh, open water where yeah. all this all this bullshit happens and then they die anyway yeah yeah, yeah. fuck open water that movie is also trash <laughs> yeah well well i wouldn't say also because I, I i don't think i don't think the descent is trash <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why that's my voice for uh, anyway yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every, there's, I, I don't think there's a thing about it that you could change and make better. 
I do you think that's why the sequels are so weak? Yes, yes. It's a it's the kind of movie that ends so perfectly that it doesn't need sequels. But every time a good movie ends perfectly, they are like, let's just make four more. And um, the second one was screened at. So I live in Florida and West Virginia, and um, the sequel was screened. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, somewhere in Miami at O Cinema, and I just remember sitting there thinking, "This is camp. Like this oh, is yeah. this is like the first one was trying to be a serious horror movie, and that movie, oh, the it just affects me in the in the mo- oh in such a deep ways. Like I'm just like I wish you could see me. I'm like flailing right now. But the, and then the <laughs> and then the second one, it's not good camp. It's not it's not like Jason goes to hell camp. Jason takes Manhattan camp where I'm like excited the whole time. It's just bad. It's just we're trying to make this serious, but not that serious. But you should still be scared. But it just makes it so dopey. And for me, like it. It takes away from the from the final girl aspect of the first one. It takes away from like how powerful the ending was, and it makes it like the, so the whole it makes you think maybe the whole franchise is supposed to be this dopey thing when it's it's really not. Right. I see. I, I kind of I, I stand for Texas Chainsaw too, but I, I think it's also apparently like Tobe Hooper, um, kind of. The first Texas Chainsaw, he sees it as kind of a dark comedy in a lot of places. See, I don't. I, t- um, I take that movie to heart, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, yeah, yeah that's, that's totally fair. What I really love about Chainsaw Massacre 74, because there is a remake, so we have to call it that now. <laughs> um, okay. So what I really love is the opening shot is a rotting body that's yep. been mm-hmm. robbed from a grave and then a close-up of a dead armadillo as if to say and it, it looks better than contemporary effects it looks like actual rotten course you can like yeah. smell it while looking at it on screen like it's mm-hmm. yeah but it's like to say this is what we're all about get out now if this is not what you want. i mean the title mm-hmm. itself and i mean the movie poster it might be like the best movie poster of all time too oh, dude I, who but, will survive who will survive and what will be left of them is for me up there with in space no one can hear you scream yes yeah. i completely agree with that and the sound design of this movie oh, i didn't man. realize that the sounds are what make it as scary as it is it's not actual music to the score it's just weird scronks and grinding Mm -hmm. i mean obviously the chainsaw is the most iconic sound but but sally's blood curdling screams are they will forever echo in my mind and that fact that because it was such a bonkers shoot and like they were oh, yeah. not being ethical like the fact that they cut her because the fake blood wouldn't work so mm-hmm. it was a texas summer and they were very hot so they just said fuck it we'll cut her to get the real shot and like uh, from what i've read in um shock value by jason Z- uh, zineman they kept um the people separate from the sawyer actors so that like the first time uh Leatherface steps out and clocks that guy on the head like that's the first time he ever saw him and like towards the end the actor that plays Sally like actually thought they were trying to kill her because you know they actually cut her and um you know were just creepy as hell yeah like her her scream at the very very end like the scream laughter when she's on the truck riding away that like the actor like she's mentioned that was a legitimate thing she was doing there because that's actually how she felt at that moment Mm -hmm. like that wasn't acting that was a legitimate like serious emotional response to what she'd been going through on the shoot which makes me want to cry just thinking about that yeah just oh my god that i uh yeah the the final shot of this yeah there's got to be a long german word to describe (laughs) how that shot makes me feel that she got out and mm-hmm. that's the face you make when you when you get out of the situation. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the truck driver because he gets overshadowed so much. I mean, he's a he's a truck driver. <laughs> okay, no, no. If you watch the final sequence, uh, Sally is being chased by both Leatherface and his brother. Mm-hmm. The cattle truck is barreling down the highway and crushes. The brother's legs. Hitchhiker, yeah. Mm-hmm. The the um, Sally tries to get in the truck. He opens the door and pulls out a wrench like he's gonna fight off Leatherface. 
But then Leatherface saws his door up, so he says, fuck this, and climbs up the other side and runs away. <laughs> then Sally jumps in the pickup truck. Yeah. What mm-hmm. I'm fascinated with is we're left with um, Leatherface doing that dance, which also, according to Gunnar Hansen, was a goof that just stayed in the movie. Oh. Because they thought he was done. He thought he was out of the shot. <laughs> That's but amazing. That trucker, I want to hug. I, I, I want to hug Gunnar Hansen, who unfortunately is dead. Oh, I know. I, I was watching. So the shocking truth: the Texas Chainsaw Massacre documentary is really good. And mm-hmm. um, I watched that the other day and got a lot of stuff like that goof and uh, Sally talked about that. Ryan, what you were saying about that hysterical scream laugh, that's because she thought she was done with the shoot and they called her back and said, well, actually, we need you to shoot one more scene. So it was like, hey, yep. I can't believe I'm doing this still. <laughs> yeah. And because the movie was financed by the mob, uh, the actors never got fairly compensated for it. I didn't. Okay, yep. all of what you've been saying, I I re, I thought a lot of this was just rumor. Well, a lot of it, they cast and crew in the interviews okay. said, yeah. But I mean, also some of it was conjecture, where like the the guys, the 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 studio that produced it was, I think a lot of people have said, oh yeah, they were they're mobsters and they just took the they took the money and ran and they bought you know a percentage of the percentage of the percentage so allegedly it had it didn't make but you know these pitiful tiny checks so like all these actors would get like four dollar checks in the mail for residuals which is weird because like for such an iconic movie this they all should have had incredible careers post this movie but they kind of yeah yeah gunner hansen probably had one of the better careers okay also in that documentary, uh, Robert um, Burns, the art director, is interviewed. Mm-hmm. Can we take a moment? He's to a crazy talk man. About how extra Robert A. Burns is. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like he belongs in the Sawyer family. Like the movie was just based off of this dude. Yeah, basically. And honestly, going with, with also with with the Sawyer family. I really, really want to write a jokey think piece about um, how the Sawyer clan is actually just uh, economically anxious <laughs> because of the slaughterhouse being shut down. Yes. He's he's worked on so um, many movies I love. Yeah, he's... A Wait, what, what else has he done? A uh, reanimator. Oh. oh, that's right. Uh, Hells Have Eyes, The Howling from Beyond. Um... What am I not? What am I forget? Am I forgetting anything else that's actually good? He directed some killer dog movie because in the seventies, uh, post Cujo, there were a lot of like killer Rottweiler, killer dog movies. I think he directed one of those. Oh, but now I have to double check that. Oh, the Howling is the werewolf one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's. Wait, didn't movie... didn't Rob Bottin do the the effects on that one? I don't know. On the Howling. Oh, anyway. If only there was a way we could look that up. <laughs> if only we had the sum total of all human knowledge at our fingertips, wouldn't that oh, be crazy? Oh, I'm thinking of Full Moon High, the the teen oh, comedy. Where yeah. Oh my god. Isn't Ed McMahon in that? It's some old oh my god, dude. I, hope so. I think it might be Adam West. It's Ed McMahon! I just googled it. Oh, oh it my is. god! <laughs> yes. I have to rewatch yes. this now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to put this one on the list eventually. Uh so like Lauren, like for for, for Texas Chainsaw so the first time you saw it, obviously, it was like a visceral, you know, incredibly profound experience. When, like, on subsequent watchings, has it given you the same, like, punch to the gut every time? Um, no, because, I mean, I mean, I still, I still get emotional, but definitely not the same. Like, when I, when I first saw it, like, I needed to see it. Um, I needed to see a, a strong female go through hell and then, like, make it out alive. I think, like, I needed that at that age with what I was going through. Um, and so now, you know, like, years later, almost nine years later, um, I still cry a little bit. So, so yeah. not the same, like, oh my God effect, but still like, Lauren, why are you crying? Don't, don't look at me. Like, just don't look at me. Like, look, oh, look over there. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it, don't tell anyone how I live sobbing to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at two in the morning. That was a spot on time. I don't like that. Get out, get out of my, get out of my house, mm-hmm. Ryan. Yeah. 
So, sorry, that's yeah. I'll I'll show myself out. Um, <laughs> Real quick, oh man, like, also, we oh, wait, also with the uh, with oh, uh, Play Dead is the movie that uh, Robert Burns also did the effects on. It's a woman uses her magical powers and a vicious Rottweiler dog to murder her relatives, which is a lot like um, Madhouse as well. Also, Robert Burns did the art direction in Microwave Massacre, which adds a little bit of respect to that heaping pile of turds of a movie. Yeah, I love I love your hatred for Microsoft. It's right. so yeah, fuck that movie. Oh yeah, hey, that so, I so have not key. heard. Uh, it's on Shutter. You can watch yeah. it. I don't recommend you watch it, but, but <laughs> I ain't your mama, so you can make your choice. Man, I, see, see, uh, here's the thing. So, I can't judge anybody for what they watch on Shutter because I watched all six godforsaken hours of Crystal Lake Memories, the documentary they made about Friday the Thirteenth. Why? Um. Uh, I don't, I don't, because I'm not a smart man. Did they say anything um, enlightening, Ryan? Um, they did. I'm glad at least that, okay, so uh, uh, my, my beef with Friday the 13th as a series is that it's bad, but largely it's bad because they do not think about anything that they're doing in that, in the, in that series. Um, like, for example, it's like, yeah, Jason Voorhees was a child that died, except that he's alive. But he watched his mother get killed, except he was living in a lake. Or maybe a shack, anyway, he's six foot eight, fuck you. Um... <laughs> And I'm glad that, like, you know, Tom Savini, who obviously did the effects on the first one, uh, when they realized, like, oh, shit, there's gold in them, there hills, we're going to make part two. And they contacted Tom Savini, and they were like, hey, man, you got a job if you want it. You want to do the effects for this? And he read the script and was like, yo, why the fuck is Jason running around, my guy? And they were like, well, because we're we going to bring him back for, for this movie. And he went, uh, thank you. No, no, I'm not going to do that. And he, he didn't do part two. So I love that at least somebody pointed out how horseshit the continuity is in those movies okay. and it was the crew <laughs> <laughs> yes so oh. lauren are you a person that cries often during movies <laughs> or just during texas chainsaw mask i thought you were gonna stop it often <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be like because that would be like all three of us. That would be like all three of us going same. I'm crying right now. No, I definitely, I definitely am someone who cries often. I didn't cry at all during that Fall in Our Stars movie though, and everyone kind of looked at me like, "What's wrong with you?" But no, I definitely. If it's, like, I feel like if it's a good movie, I will tear up at least a little bit. Did you cry during Get Out? Um. No, I was, I was, I will say I was on the edge of my seat. I, me and the girl next to each other were like, oh yeah, you know, I, we never jump at anything. Like we're, we're hard, like pros, whatever. We were clawing on each other the whole time. So a lot of, cl oh, yeah. a lot of clawing, oh, yeah. no, no crying though. Ryan, where do you think Texas Chainsaw Massacre should go on the list? I, so in good conscience, I could not possibly put the Babadook above Texas Chainsaw. I agree. Okay. I, 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 I love the Babadook. I love so much about it. It's um, one of the only horror movies in the last five years that's actually like, I was watching it in the middle of the day and my heart was in my throat and I thought I was going to die. Really? Um, um, but, uh, no, nah, yeah, Texas Chainsaw is just objectively a better and more culturally relevant movie. Mm-hmm. Or, or not culturally relevant, but like pop culturally relevant. Like I agree, they're speaking to different things. But that's why I would argue it should go above Get Out because Get Out is really good, but it is still a very new movie. And um, mm -hmm. watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre today, it looks just as relevant and well made as when it was released in '74. No, yeah, I especially I I, I worry Quincy that when we ranked Get Out that we left the theater high on Get Out and we're just screaming, this is the greatest horror movie ever made! Which is, like, still kind of true. Like, it's it's still fucking incredible, but... I don't know, I, th I think the one thing Texas Chainsaw has on Get Out is aesthetic. Because mm -hmm. everything about the visuals in Texas Chainsaw, like... Honestly, it's it's so funny that I think a lot of people are, are weirded out when you point out to them that, like, Texas Chainsaw, you know, there's, like, very little actual blood yes. in this, and you never see anybody actually get, like, killed with a chainsaw. Like, there's a... The, the shot in here that kills me is when Sally is um, dangling by her wrists from a meat hook, and there's a bucket right underneath her. 
and you don't need to see blood dripping out of her into the bucket. Just there's a bucket beneath her, and your mind fills. Do you know who we can thank for that? Robert A. Burns. Toby wanted the oh, hook shit. to go straight through, and he said, it'd be better if you don't show it. It'd be scarier, and people wouldn't get distracted by how I made the effect. Just imply uh. it. <laughs> huh. That guy. Well, God bless. He also wanted yep. a... They had an actual rotting horse that they found on the side of the road, and he wanted to use that for the opening shot. But in that documentary, uh, he is filled with such piss and vinegar. He's like, but the delicate sensibilities of the film crew thought it was too smelly to rec- to shoot. <laughs> He's real salty about it. Yeah. So, Alien has an H.R. Giger design. Alien has uh, all of those computers and that Dan O'Bannon design. But Alien doesn't have chainsaw cannibals. That is that is true. However, it does uh, it does have um, a cat. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I see Cage Match. If I, I feel like if I had to pick Alien or Texas Chainsaw as the better movie, by just a hair, I would probably give it to Alien. No. I would give it to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, there we go. Why, 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 because, why is that? Because uh, if you look at the whole franchise, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the best. If you look at Alien... Okay, name the iconic moments from Alien. Just from the top of your head, give me a line from Alien. From the first Alien? Just If I say, give me a line from Alien, what are you going to say? I admire its purity. Yeah, that's that's not what I was thinking. I was going to argue that Aliens is a more iconic film. More people oh, are get like, away get from away from you, bitch. Most, they mostly come out at night, mostly, you know, all of the fight. All the things that people talk about they love with the Alien franchise is Aliens, not Alien. Um, mm, I don't know about that. I, I think Alien especially, like... I, I don't know. I feel like they they didn't really need the cool one-liners because it was doing such a different thing. Like this was truckers in space. Truckers in space don't need to be shitting out a Garfield joke book on a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> whack, whack it, Ishmael. I hate like, you, you, like, xenomorphs. Qu- qu- quipping the hot takes about a fucking body horror monster. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm 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 good with the fact that there's not like a Spencer's T-shirt that you can get out of the movie Alien. So. Let's talk about Final Girls. Who's a better Final Girl, Ripley or Sally? Oh, this hurts. It's funny because I got a lot of uh, flack for my piece that I wrote because I, I did not mention Ripley at all in my whole Final Girl piece. Um, because in my head, I, I don't consider... I know Alien technically is in the sci-fi horror subgenre, but I just don't consider it a horror movie. It's kind of like in its own like special category above everything else. Um but I mean, I'm I'm I have a personal connection to Texas Chainsaw, so I like them bi- being biased. I want to pick Sally, but like they're just they're just two different types of final girls. They have two different skill sets. It's that that's kind of what makes them all great. But that's such a hard question. I feel attacked. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's a hell of a pipe bomb to throw out there. Like, who's better, Sally or Ripley? That's the welcome to our podcast. This is the <laughs> exact <laughs> format. <laughs> Quincy, you're making it. You're making it sound like Piper's Pit. Like we bring on wrestlers and we just attack them with things. Like, <laughs> if we're any screaming, wrestling screaming reference, we're the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> Solomon. <laughs> um, um, no, but yeah, like I comparing them as final girls, I feel like they're speaking to such mm-hmm. different things for me anyway. Because like with Ripley, she gets out because of her resourcefulness and her cool headedness. Yeah, I think. I think. Sa- Sally outlasts everything just because her. I don't know. It's it, it to me. It comes from from kind of a more primal place of I need to survive. I need to yes. get through this. So, which like, is like like Ripley is um she's you know got a short skirt and a long jacket. She's touring the facilities and picking up slack. She's you know she's the one all along who when they let um when they break quarantine and and uh, bring Kane in, she's the one going. We're not supposed to be doing this. Like she's 
in charge of kind of everybody else in a way that Sally isn't. And Sally dumps all of her um, experience points into just survival, just getting the fuck through this. So, so which is more quintessentially horror, the scratching and kicking and screaming and doing whatever you can to survive or the cool headed badass? Hmm. Cause I think that's why we constantly get flack for alien, not being a horror movie is because Ripley doesn't function like a protagonist in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. She functions like a protagonist in a action or a sci-fi film. Now, mm-hmm. now I think alien is scary as fuck. It is terrifying. Oh, sure. It is horrible. Yes. But this is the first See, time I would I... entertain something going on the new number one slot. Well, now here's here's a thing I would uh, point out. If if Alien isn't a horror movie, I or I mean, because of course we all know, like yeah, it's horror, but it's its own thing. I think if you can't call Alien a horror movie, you can't call the Thing a horror movie because to me, McCready and Ripley are they they hit so many of the same beats for me as a protagonist. Yeah, that's true. Like like they're they're both you know thrust into this position when they really really didn't want to be. And they've got to try to keep a cool head while everybody else is freaking the fuck out. Like, in The Thing, you've got everybody else freaking out. In Alien, you've got, like, Lambert uh, sort of, you know, doing what anybody in the audience would do, which is lose their fucking mind. Um, and I, I think she's... The, I don't know. The fact that she's, like, so cool-headed about all of this... I don't know. I, I kind of... I like that you you give her these moments of terror, but she's doing something different. And yeah, I think she's a different kind of final girl than Sally. This is like ruining my life right now. So maybe we could we could talk about it this way. Um, when you go for a drive through the Carolinas and you run out of gas, what mm-hmm. do you think is what do you worry about? Do you worry about a family like the Sawyers or do you worry about xenomorphs? <laughs> it's those North Carolina xenomorphs now. <laughs> now, um, if we ever had a T-shirt, that's what I want is like a Tar Heels logo, but just a xenomorph <laughs> instead. The North Carolina xenomorphs. Trademark, trademark, yeah. trademark, trademark. Um, so, so, so wait. So you're saying that the Sawyer speak to a more human fear than what Alien's doing, which is like this unknowable, you're out in the fucking black lungs of space, there's an unknowable horror waiting for you, and you don't know how to cope so, with So, I think both movies, the audience journey is, what the fuck is that? What's happening? But, mm-hmm. I think the Sawyers and cannibalism touches on a much more primal, real fear mm-hmm. than... Alien is a movie about the unknown and anxiety about being um, impregnated. Uh. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just more straight up. People are scary. Now, this is me being a, a dirty uh, lefty, but I think both movies are also largely about capitalism. Because in Alien, everything bad that happens to the crew of the Nostromo happens because of capitalism, because Whale and Yutani was trying to turn a profit. And in Texas Chainsaw, like, so much of it kind of comes back to, you know, especially, like, you know, post-Vietnam War, there are these little pockets of America that have been kind of forgotten about and kind of been left to their own devices. And, you know, the Sawyers, like, obviously you get the thing with, like, well, the slaughterhouse closed and we're all out of work, so now we eat people or whatever. Um, They're both really, really working-class stories, I think. So, we've ranked a lot of movies low because of their damage to society. Um, which mm-hmm. one do you want to give, you know, a cookie to for helping society? And I, I don't mean to say that like that, but, you know, like, which one do you want to edge out because it has a more beneficent social impact? Hmm. Lauren, what do you think? That's a you okay, one okay. I really like always think that I'm like really good at the movies and shit, but you guys are much like you guys are fucking. You've out nerded me. I feel like an amateur. Oh god. Oh god. We are we're just we're, we're just goblins. Sit in our basement and watch garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I would probably I would probably put Texas Chainsaw Massacre just above just it just more it's just it's a real it's a realistic horror movie. I mean I mean I mean at least if you listen to as many uh, true crime podcasts as I do, the, the movie is extremely realistic. Mm-hmm. But I would probably put that above Alien. There you go, Ryan. How do you feel about this? You know what I I love them both <laughs> so much that either. Either one of them going at number one, I would feel pretty good about. Like, I think um, Chainsaw to my throat, I would go with Alien over Texas Chainsaw. But I think... All right, here's, here's, here's my criteria, okay? Taglines. I like who will survive and what will be left of them better as a central idea than in space no one can hear you scream. Um, what will be left of them? If you look at the posters... Texas Chainsaw Massacre is this is a you shouldn't be watching this movie like Mm -hmm. like when you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre the first thought you have is I shouldn't get away with this yeah and I think that also speaks to the teenage troglodyte heart of so many horror fans is I'm watching this late at night I mean even today I'm 30 years old own my own goddamn house but I watch horror movies at 10 o'clock at night when everyone else has gone to bed because it's this thing that I can't share with anybody because it's my own, you know, nasty heart's desire. Right. And that is what Texas Chainsaw Massacre is all about. Your filthy, sludgy heart's desires. Well, and and I don't... It's like you don't want to watch Texas Chainsaw on crisp, high-def Blu-ray. Like... It's scungy. It's weird. I, I, I mean, honestly, I would, I would put Texas Chainsaw at number one purely for the use of sound, yes. with because of the cam, the the, the camera shutter <laughs> noise that. Yes, yes, like, that's perfect. Like, it just gives. It makes. It makes me clench. Like, and and with Texas Chainsaw, I think it's so fucking rad that first of all, again, best movie title ever because it tells you everything you need to know about it. Um, and yeah, it's got that forbidden kind of I'm not supposed to be watching this quality, which is amazing when you contrast how little gore is actually in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say Alien is any lesser of a movie, but in the purpose of this list, our new number one will be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. We just got a new number one. Yeah, I agree. It's a big deal. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Quincy. How do you feel about pro wrestling? Uh, I would I would describe myself as fond of pro wrestling, maybe even exceedingly fond. Uh, hey Ryan. Yeah. How do you feel about enamel pins? Uh, enamel pins are how I uh, use my jacket to show that I'm actually cooler than all the other kids in school, uh, and in fact too cool for school with my wrestling pins. So, yeah, you beat me to the punch. So our sponsor this week is <laughs> Lapelia.com. Yeah. Uh, Lapelia makes pro wrestling enamel pins. Yeah, like they've they've got literally, especially if you're into New Japan pro wrestling, like I am, which is what I constantly think about and talk about. Um, Lapelia has a bunch of pins uh, that you're not going to get anywhere else. Um, the art on them is incredible. They have a too sweet pin. If you buy the too sweet pin, someone will too sweet your pin, and you know you want that to happen. If you both have a two-sweet hand symbol pin and then you chest bump, you can two-sweet each other um, with your pins, but then also if you two-sweet with uh, two other hands, that is three two-sweets in one two-sweet. That's just good business. Yeah. So Lapelia has been so kind uh, to give us a promo code to share with you guys. Uh, enter the code rank and vile at checkout and you can get 20% off your order at lapelia.com. And then especially uh, with um, with the promo code, you're you're giving your money to somebody who makes really, really dope shit. And it's like, it, this isn't a, a, a nature box thing that you would never care for or Blue Apron. This is rad wrestling pins and you get a promo code. What's not to love? Do it. Now, Mad. we might have to replace that because we're going to talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street. Eighty-four oh, because there's a fucking remake with the same title. Oh. But from the same company, by the way. Doing this. Now, actually, though, uh, Lauren, have you seen the the Platinum Dunes remake of or reboot of Friday the Thirteenth? I have not actually. I kind of love it. Like this is a movie that knows how bad the original movies were. I see. I like the first two Friday the Thirteenth a lot. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. Well, I know why. I know. Well, for, well. 
the, I mean, the first one, just because the first film in any, like, in any of those franchises is the best. Well, actually, if we were talking Halloween, I would almost put Halloween 3 above Halloween, the first one, just because, I don't know. But um, the second... That's fair. Yeah, it's so good. The second, uh, Friday the 13th, is my favorite. Of, and, I, it, it, that's the, and after that is when it just gets really, really, really dopey and really inconsistent and really stupid. That's kind of what mm-hmm. makes it fun. Like, you watch it for funsies. Like, yep. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't exactly. know it was a remake. I'm actually, maybe I did, but I've been ignoring it this whole time. This is beating a dead horse. This is, you know, comedy poison. But it really is buck wild that a child molester is such a popular character. Yeah, that, well, I, well, 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 heavily implied child yeah. molester in the original. Uh, subtextual. Yeah, which is weird to me, like, obviously, uh, I not, not to I, I don't want to I don't want to get like too heavy on our jokey horror podcast. As a kid who was abused as a child, it's weird to me that I latched onto this series as much as I did as a kid. But it makes a lot of sense because, especially like the the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie I ever saw was Part Three, and so much of that movie is about like camaraderie and you know found family and. I don't know, like all of those, all of that really, really good shit. And so I, I actually hadn't seen the the first Nightmare on Elm Street until like my mid teens, and this movie, like I don't know, there, there's Wes Craven. I first of all, Wes Craven is my horror dad. Um, I, I I love him, and what I love about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is that you can tell how much thought he put into everything in this. Where like with even just the design with Freddy. That you know, the, the the sweater is red and green stripes because he saw an article that the human eye finds those like to be the the two hardest colors to um, look at together. Uh, you know, and then he was like with the claw. He was like, well, you know, like what's the first primal um, weapon a human would have been afraid of? And he was like, well, like a, like a like a bear claw. And so the fact that they just created this wholly fucking unique, um, amazing horror movie out of out of. Well, and not out of nothing, because apparently uh, a big part of the, um, like, the hook for the movie came from a series of news items about, um, I think it was uh, Cambodian and La- uh, Laotian immigrants in the United States who were suffering from a thing called sudden death syndrome, um, where they, they were all from, like, war-torn countries, and they all had really severe PTSD, and all of these kids became convinced that if they fell asleep, they were going to die in their sleep, mm-hmm. and then they did. Um, and so... I don't know, like, I just, there's so... Well, I've, uh, let's you guys talk about it, because I, I feel like I will never shut the fuck up about it. I mean, it's perfect teen angst. It is such a, you know, was Johnny Depp says morality sucks. It's such He's such a nice guy in that mm-hmm. movie, to the point where kind of okay with him turning into a blood fountain. Mm-hmm. However... Counterpoint, midriff football. Yeah. Iconic. <laughs> and sleeping in bed with a TV. What would your parents do if they caught you sleeping in bed with the television on your lap? Give me the look that... My mom would give me the look that she always gives me, which is child, like, long-suffering. I, my mom would probably, like, laugh. My my dad would be the one who would go on a whole thing about, like, oh, you're going to break it. It's going to cost money. Like, are you serious? Like, so... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Depp makes a lot of weird decisions in this movie. Although I think one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite lines from this movie that I want that I'm actually going to get tattooed is "I'm into survival." No, you're not. I'm gonna get that tattooed. You can't get it tattooed. Oh, okay, that's fair. All right. All right so in that case, I'm not gonna get that. I'm gonna get uh, "It's insulting" from Sidney Prescott tattooed. <laughs> that's it's 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 one of those two. Um, but yeah, like where she's talking to Johnny Depp, and I, which, by the way, side note, I love they're talking on this bridge that's literally in Echo Park, Los Angeles, which is where I used to live, um, and it could not more obviously be Southern California, and it's like yeah, Springwood, Ohio, <laughs> um, which they don't they don't stop cutting palm trees out of the thing until like part three, um, but. I, I love that Johnny Depp is asking her, like, wait, what's 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 with all this anarchist cookbook shit? And she's like, yeah, I found it at this great survivalist bookstore. <laughs> Which was, like, in the original script, and I think they cut it out of the out of the final movie. But I kind of wish they'd kept that in, because, like, you know what? Why why wouldn't there be a survivalist bookstore? Oh, she goes hard, too. Like, shotgun shells in the lamps. and mm-hmm. <laughs> Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. It, it made me think about uh, Your Next, which, you know, it, I guess when a movie comes after that 
you know, anxiety of influence and all that. It probably was the other way around. But I was like, oh, hey, that's just like that other movie that makes a bunch of traps that kill people. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like, there, there are so many of them. Also, Nancy Thompson is, I think, my favorite final girl. Oh. It's hard to pick a favorite because, like, what makes her so unique is she her main trait, she uses her wit to survive, her intellect. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. It's it's hard to rank them because they at least for my like top five they all do completely different things. But she yeah. she she might be my number one if I really think about it. So then, um, I was going to ask you, what's the better Wes Craven movie, Scream or Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh uh, no, Quincy! Uh, scream. That's the point of this podcast. Yeah, Scream is a better movie. It's Scream by far. A hundred percent. I got yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, it's Who's a better final girl? Sydney. Um, Nancy or Kirsten yep, from uh, Kirsten from Hellraiser? Oh God, oh, Nancy. 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 Yeah. She actually does things. Yeah. 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 She actually react. She does more than react and say, "Why are you doing this to me?" Well, and the thing is, like, one of the reasons I love Nancy is that, like, this movie because it's Wes Craven, like, and he's got such an anti-authority streak, like. I love how so much of this movie is basically, it comes down to you can't trust your parents, you can't trust the authorities to do what needs to be done. Like, th- 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 I think the most perfect moment of that in this movie is when she's brought Freddy into the real world from her dream, and she, um, Freddy's chasing her around the house, and of course all of the windows have been barred by her mom, and the cops are across the street, including her dad, veteran actor, jo- uh, veteran actor John Saxon, and, um... She breaks through the glass and she's screaming and this cop asshole just walks over and goes, everything's going to be all right. And she just yells, get my dad, you asshole. And continues fighting Freddy. Like she, I don't know, like so much of this movie sort of comes down to like when your parents are, because for the purposes of the movie, like the permanent refrain of these parents is you just need to get some sleep and you'll Mm -hmm. feel better, which is the worst fucking thing you could possibly do. And of course, in real life, if I had a kid who was like, there's a man waiting for me in my dreams and I'm going to die if I fall asleep. Of course, you're going to be like, okay, buddy, you haven't slept in three days. You've got a, you're, you've got a Mr. Coffee under your bed. I'm worried about you. You need to get some sleep. Mm. So right there, we've created a floor and a ceiling. Then It's better than Hellraiser. It's not as good as Scream. Um, who's a better director, Wes Craven or Dario Argento? Oh. oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lauren's never coming back on the I, show. This is, this, is, this is like a game show that I can't win. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, there's like you're, there's a dunk tank. <laughs> every time you climb back out, I'm there with another baseball. No, every, time, <laughs> no, every time you guys like know something that I don't, I'm in the dunk tank. So I'm already just drenched at this point. Uh, I don't know. See, the, the question of like who's a better director, Argento or Craven? They do different things. Yeah, they do yeah. completely yeah. different things. Exactly. It's like asking who's a better musician, um, Jimi Hendrix or Johnny Ramone. And it's like, well, objectively, Jimi Hendrix, but also how do you compare those mm-hmm. I would argue as much as Inferno is really fun Nightmare on Elm Street is a better movie okay yeah okay I'm I'm gonna be really mean to my man Argento I don't think he's got a lot to say about anything yeah you're right I, 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 th- I think he's incredibly stylistic I think he's a very very good director but I don't get the imp- I, I and, and now here's the thing like not that a horror movie needs to like sit me down put on a cardigan and explain the fucking facts of life to me but I feel like Wes Craven I don't know maybe it's because I'm a former Jesus kid and so is Wes Craven and he speaks to so many of the things that I care about like you know the sins of the father and redemption and can any of us ever really truly be good people and uh, I feel like I would give the edge to Wes Craven because he puts a lot of himself into the movie in a way that I don't think Argento is totally comfortable doing. Okay, I agree. I think... So here's what I'm thinking. I think we put it right under Scream and right above Mulholland Drive. Because again, I think Lynch is also... The movie is the the thing, and there's no real thought to it. It's just weird dream logic, which mm-hmm. would make Nightmare 
a better movie because it has this mission statement, this sense of purpose. And also it features a guy yelling, up yours with a twirling lawnmower. So <laughs> better than everything. So our new number 11 is um, A Nightmare in Elm Street. Yeah. So, which, which also, side note, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with Nightmare on Elm Street is the fact that, because um, I, I, I know way too much about like the behind the scenes things with Nightmare on Elm Street. I think my favorite thing ever, first of all, is Robert Englund as a guy. Like, he is the goofy horror uncle. Like, I, I just, he's a national fucking treasure and I'm going to be inconsolable when he dies. Don't say that. He's immortal. Yeah, yeah it's true. He's always going to be around. So... I took to Twitter, I don't have a good segue, I took to Twitter uh, tonight and asked our fans to tweet in some requests uh, using the hashtag rank request. Uh, so, I'm, I don't know, this crashed and fucking burned because we only got two tweets. Uh, maybe we'll keep doing this. Maybe, By the maybe same person? But uh, at Nonplayable <laughs> Kyle uh, wants us to rank Heavy Metal, the cartoon tits movie oh shit as a horror movie oh my god now i have not seen he specifically talks about the b-17 segment where the b-17 bomber is a skeleton it has been i've never seen the whole thing and when i have seen it it's on cable so i have to recuse myself uh have y'all seen this movie all the way through no i have um i saw it i first saw it when i was like eight years old while visiting with my dad for the summer and watching it when i shouldn't have been watching it and then i I revisited it uh recently and it could it reeks of the 1970s like it could not be more 70s than it is and it literally i think the entire hook for it was it's like cartoons but they got tits and that's the entirety (laughs) of heavy metal is what if cartoons but tits so where do you want to put it is it more 70s than dracula 1972 (laughs) literally i'm dracula in the 70s (laughs) (laughs) what if dracula been in the 70s um here's the thing uh i will not put it underneath any ron bonk film Okay, so that's like um, the bottom of the list. Like, so we're talking the seven. Yeah. Do you want to put it um, above, above or below Neon Maniacs? I would put it actually just underneath Neon Maniacs for like very, very of its time, but fucking ridiculous. And right word. above Murder Party. Okay, yes. so our yes, new number sixty-eight oh, yeah. is Heavy Metal. Now. Kyle, Kyle also wants us to rank uh, Tetsuo 2, Body Hammer. I have not seen the Tetsuo the Iron Man movies. Okay. So oh, I've only seen the first one. I've seen the second one. You've seen Tetsuo 2? I have. I was okay. on a date. I was on a date. Oh, you have to tell the story now. Well, I was just telling Ryan about like the snuff film like Tinder date. So this one went like a little bit better. Um, but I would have liked to have watched the first one, obviously. So I really didn't know what was going on, but like, it's okay. It's kind of, I mean, it's fun. It's, I'm not really into like the whole, like, like, yeah, like his body transforms into a weapon and he's like driven by like rage and like, like redemption and like avenging his like son after his, like, well, actually like rescuing his son after he, it's very cliche, but it's just very like fun violence. Like it's not really like a cerebral movie. Um, it's so, kind of cliche. Where does it go in relation to like the Giver movies? Um, honestly, I would honestly probably just put this movie like really low on our list, just because it's just not. It's just not. It's not. It's it's not a good movie. I'm sorry, Twitter person, but it's it's just not good. It's it's fun if you're like high on a date. But it's it's just not it's just not I don't know maybe if I was sober I could appreciate I could have appreciated it a little bit more. So is it Bud the Chud bad? Yeah. It, oh. Mm. Mm. Maybe I would probably okay I would probably put it above that. So above that is Doctor Giggles, Thinner, and the Bye Bye Man. Okay. Okay. Dr. Giggles is somehow better than this one. (laughs) (laughs) 
I made my so, I made okay. my mom watch that. We had a good time. <laughs> so then at number ninety <laughs> is Tetsuo the Bullet Man. Am I gonna get oh ye- am I gonna get yelled at? No. no. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, not Tetsuo the Bullet Man. Tetsu Tetsuo Body Hammer. See, I've only seen the first Tetsuo, so I. I've only yeah. seen part of the first. It was at a party, and it ruined the party because a person walked in and put that on the TV like we all wanted to watch it. Yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what you should not do. So, real quick, one more um, listener request from our archives because we got to start doing listener requests because we have so many and we keep asking for them. Um, 1973's The Wicker Man. Our friend Ian wants to know where we would rank that. Oh, I love The it's Wicker Man. It's real good. I love that it's a musical. Yeah, it mostly. is a weird musical. Now, is it the best Christopher Lee movie? I'm tempted to say that Taste the Blood of Dracula is my favorite Christopher Yeah, even though he's not point. in that very much. He's barely in it. It's fine. So, uh, who? Ha. I so that would puts put, us in okay, the 30s. Wait. That's where we've got all of our slashers. It's better than Cat in the Brain, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, it's absolutely better than Cat in so the Brain. So is The Wicker Man better than Black Christmas? I haven't seen it. I've only seen the Nicolas Cage version. <laughs> <laughs> that that one's always oh on God. TV. So I just. So Lauren, do we need to put this off till a later date and talk about both in comparison? Would you like to come back and do that? I would have so much. I have. I have a lot of feelings about Nicolas Cage. I know too much about his life and his history and and what he likes to eat. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, Ian, we tried, and we still didn't get to your listener request. Um, Sorry. Sarah Pyle. Which, which actually, um, the thing I want to point out really quick, the first, um, the original Wicker Man, which I love that we had, we have to specify Wicker Man 1973, um, it's the best Christopher Lee movie to me because not only do you get to see Christopher Lee in drag, you get to see Christopher Lee in a fucking cravat and an opera cape sitting up playing a grand piano. Um, it's it's beautiful. It's the best. Okay, so now I'm just reading these all willy-nilly. On our Tumblr, someone asked us, uh, Captain Mick Glue on Tumblr asked us to rank Lord of Illusion. I don't think I've seen that. Lord of Illusion. I haven't either. We're going to have to come back to that one. Um... Mm-hmm. Laura McLean on Twitter asks us to rank Crimson Peak. Oh God, oh. whoa! A number a hundred or whatever. Like no, no. <laughs> no, it's not that. No, okay. I was so excited, it, but the movie's so bad that I was rooting for the incest. I was like, yes, I hope you guys win. I hope your love makes it out in the end. Like it. I think it was a problem with marketing because it I, is slow burn gothic. But visually, horror. it was. Stunning, but it was, I thought it was just so stupid with the beginning with the with like the ghost of like her mother or whatever saying like like don't go to Crimson Peak like but, but it didn't really fit in with like the rest of it. I just thought it was stupid. I was pro incest. I will. It's the only movie where I will say that I was just pro incest though. But other than that, I thought it was really pretty but really dumb. See, when I think really pretty but really dumb, I think of Jalo movies and we have the bird with the crystal plumage and the evil eye. It's actually probably more of Mario Bava, evil eye caliber, but, um, and that's actually pretty low on the list. That's right above two headed shark attack. Yeah. See, I, I, I didn't hate Crimson Peak, but I think my problem was I was expect expecting something much different than what I got. The way it was marketed. Yeah. So, what about is it better than the evil eye yeah yeah i have not seen that is it better than the undertaker throwing yokozuna in a casket Mm, yeah i wouldn't think so either no i would say it's no because which would which one would you rather watch crimson peak or the undertaker choke slamming yokozuna into a casket i've seen it i don't need to see it again I mean, well, let me rephrase that. I've seen Crimson Peak. I, 
I can watch The Undertaker all day, every day. So uh, Crimson Peak, I think, should go above the room at the top of the stairs, just because even though we don't like it, Guillermo del Toro deserves some of our respect. Mm -hmm. And I... Maybe that's a little too, like, prestige like but I do think it was more interesting than that short film. That was just kind of there. Well, there. the room at the top of the stairs was butt cheek. <laughs> it, was, it was very, very bad. All right, so number 80 is Crimson Peak. Okay. Yeah. Bam. Lauren, thank you for hanging out with us and now you have to come back and talk to us about Nicolas Cage. I would love to do a celebration of that man <laughs> and his life and and I'll I'll even recite the monologue um from National Treasure. Do you yes. think Ghost Rider counts as a horror movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but it's sure? not a flaming skull. I I love that movie purely because it sucks, but it's one of those. It's that and like Catwoman. I'm like, oh my god, yes, it is time to just trash it up tonight. Like it's 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 not a horror movie. It's it's like a really. It, they tried really hard to make like a serious super movie, but superhero movie, but like you can't do that with Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage and serious don't go together anymore. Yeah. So. Oh my god, we could yeah we could do um, Vampire's Kiss and the uh, Wicker Man reboot. And what's another Nicolas Cage horror? Um, Uh, Listeners, if you think of one, just tweet it at us. um, Or actually, better yet, um, please send us requests during through email. Um, I have a spreadsheet. I promise I will go through them. One of the problems, as you have just heard, is that we act like we know a lot of movies, but that's because we literally say every week these are the movies we're going to watch and talk about. And if you're Ryan, you're a maniac and watch three movies in one day. What the? All right. I because wish. I hate myself. Oh, oh okay. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like especially with um, especially with the, like the listener request, it's kind of um, like there are so many of them that it's sort of. I, I think we're just gonna have to do like a bingo style uh, crank action uh, box of pieces of paper and then pull them out at random it really is a like okay this week we're gonna do this and this week we're gonna have to do this and honestly sometimes i forget that the spreadsheet is here uh <laughs> hey um speaking of requests we have an amazon wish list i'm not sure if this is tacky or not but there's a lot of movies that are just straight up out of print and they're still on DVD used for five bucks on Amazon. Um, if you want to buy one of those and mail it to us, we will watch that one for sure. Uh, so it turns out that this was all actually the this podcast was actually the long con. <laughs> this is this this has been the entire purpose of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't getting, getting so Lauren, yeah. where can our listeners find you online? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Motel Siren. I, I, they, some, some like some girl like sold sold the name for Snapchat, so it's just all boobs when you add that account. It's not they're not mine. Um, and then my website is laurenemelisi.com. Yay! All right. Um, so we can be reached best through our email, rankandvilecast at gmail.com. If you are a director and you want us to review your movie, if you are a writer and you want us to talk about your horror book, if you're someone who wants to be a guest, if you're, um, an advertiser and you want to advertise with us, or if you just want to say, Hey, or you know, ask us to review a movie. Whatever you want, we're we're here for you. So shoot us an email, uh, rankandvilecast at gmail We're also on Twitter. Uh, it's a, there's a fun game you can play. Uh, our Twitter handle is at rankandvilecast. You can try to guess when it's Ryan and when it's me tweeting. According to our followers, it's very easy. It is, but um, <laughs> it's still worth <laughs> worth checking out. Uh, we have a Tumblr. 
rankandvile.tumblr.com. Um, that's got stuff on it. If you want to see a link to our list, our listener, Dustin Kramer, has a letterboxed account uh, where he has done pretty well at listing all of the movies that we've ranked in order. Um, we have an Instagram that's pretty popping. That's at Rank and Vile. Um, please consider buying a lapel pin from Lapel Yeah because our, we get our promo code. Yeah, with our promo code because you get it cheap and we get to pay hosting costs with that. <laughs> um, Ryan, what else you got? Um, that's pretty much it. Oh. I've been watching Blood Sea on Hulu. If you guys haven't seen that, uh, I would like you to go watch that. It's 12 episodes. It's Japanese. It's weird as fuck. And I want to talk to you about it on Twitter. So watch Blood Sea and tweet Rank and Vilecast, and we'll talk about Blood Sea on Twitter. And maybe we'll rank the whole season as a movie because it's a self-contained 12 episodes. I don't know. We'll talk about it and uh, pressure Ryan to watch it too. It won't take much. Have a good week, guys. Thanks, bye. Bye.